Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. And Shalom, this is your host Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope, are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope, is a must have gift offer the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in the show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time, that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois out what we call lovingly the corn patch, and you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God. And I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material, not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service. And we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deggert. We're going to talk about a separated life. A separated life and uh, and talking about the last uh, outpouring of the Holy Ghost, which, you know, we've been uh, teaching in uh, or about some of that without pouring God's Spirit out upon the flesh, one the same. And uh, I want to talk about that here today. And if we don't get it done today, we'll, uh, we'll take care of it. Uh, well, it'll be next Monday now. But... It's so important to understand because I'm always telling people, you know, you you're gonna to have to you're gonna to have to separate yourselves. You're gonna to have to come out of these churches. If you're a Jew, come out of those synagogues. And people just, you know, people find it very difficult. What people believe, for the most part, well, you know, I can take what the prophets teaching, and then I can go back into my church or my synagogue and still have what I love there and love the people and it all work out. Well, I'm going to show you the scripture that, uh, no, that it won't all work out. You, you uh, uh, over and over again, I, I keep saying, you've got, you've got to separate yourself. You've got to come out from among them, all right? And uh, we're going to start today in First Peter uh, 2.9. And uh, here it's been said, but you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and a holy nation, a peculiar people. That show, should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Well, I think that, number one, I think we forget that we are a chosen generation. This generation here, and I'm not going to say above all the generation on this faith, face of this earth that's ever been here, but the fact of it is we're chosen for this day, for this hour. Uh, we're a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. And, you know, that's another thing that we're striving um, very, very hard. We're striving very, very hard to get you to walk in holiness. And, uh, and that's, not an easy, uh, that's not an easy task. It's not, and it's not uh, at all easy for you to do uh, until you learn and understand that there, you know, again, there, there, isn't any, there isn't any options beside that. That's what God said to he was going to do. Now, in Romans 1, 1, it says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. So Paul was separated. Again, people don't understand what it was when he became separated. You know, of course, in his position as a, as a Pharisee, there wasn't any going back in, <laughs> going back into uh, to that side of things after he walked away from it. The, he didn't, uh, he didn't uh, have to face that. In other words, uh, they didn't want him around uh, because he had jumped ship, as we would say. And uh, but it, but he was separated. How else could he have been separated? He was separated through holiness. He was separated by coming out of sin in his life and realizing that, you know, that this is all there was for his life. And, and, and that was exactly right. That's all there was for his life. And, and you know, when you begin to, to look at all this, 
you you have to be careful what you feed your mind. You know, we've been we've been through some things talking about the fact that you things that are spoken to you that's not of God's word it, that is planted in your spirit, man. It's a seed. Words are seeds. Let there be light, and there was light. Okay, and uh, so forth and so on. But so the, the fact of it is that when you attend somewhere. And I'm not trying to say that all churches are bad. I mean, I think uh, churches have failed to take you, the church, to the depths that you should be have taken to. Um, and as I've said over and over again, that's only because they wouldn't let real prophets in the door. They demanded that they, the churches were run by the pastors. And the thing uh, definitely uh, fell to the ground. But... Uh, but it's not too late. That's what we're doing. We're restoring. That's part of the restoration is getting people to understand. But when you go into a church, synagogue, their sin becomes your sin. You you become a partaker of why? Simply because you're there. Okay? You know, I've often uh, used uh, the illustration that if you and I, now we wouldn't, okay? No, no, I should say I wouldn't. Hopefully that you wouldn't. But if I came to buy your house and got you in the car and, and 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 had you to drive and we went up and robbed a bank this evening, and I come running out of the bank and threw the money in the back seat of the car and jumped in the way we went down the road, and bless God, here comes the police, we get pulled over, and guess what? It's not just me going to jail. You're going to jail, too, because you're an accomplice. And see, when you sit in any, under any organization that's not teaching the absolute truth, then you become an accomplice to that. In other words, you you you, you become an accomplice to the sin that they're that they're producing. And you don't need that. You don't need that in your life. I, I know we have people who just can't seem just can't seem to understand that. Well uh, the fact of it is that's the way it is. And uh, you can't you know there again you can't you can't be under a prophet or you can't be under any ministry and be attached to another ministry and not get the whole thing monkeyed up because after a while you will, okay? So what So what we want is we want people to, to understand that if you want to be in this movement, get in it. But you're going to have to separate yourself from the movement from which you are, okay? Just that simple. And if you don't want to do that, uh, believe you me, it won't work. We've we've uh, we've had to ask some people to, uh, you know, to, to to do that. There's been some that have left over it, and there might be more. I I don't know, but the fact of it is, you can't you can't serve both sides of this thing. You're going to have to either get into this side and leave that side, or go back to that side and stay there. One of those deals, or like I'm always saying, it's just another stop for you to make for you to go on to make the next stop. So uh, you choose, okay? Let's go to Psalms 1. Psalms 1, 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. Now, you know, that's that's pretty neat because he's saying, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Well, you know, there again, that's, that's the things of the world. Yes, it, it is. Or it could also be the things that are contrary to God's word that are being taught in churches. It could be. Now, stand in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. 
and his law doth he meditate day and night. Well, you know, there's the there's the absolute scriptural proof of what I say all the time. You've got to make this a way of life. And if you're going to meditate day and night upon the Lord, uh, you know, the law of the Lord, testimony of his holy son, Yeshua, then uh, I got news for you. You're going to be... Uh, you're going to be busy, one busy person, okay? And he shall be like a tree. Now, listen, if in fact you do that, if in fact your delight is in the Lord, the uh, law of the Lord, and uh, you, you, you meditate uh, day and night, the law, he said then, then. He did, the word then is not there, but that's what it means. And he shall be like a tree planted with the river of waters that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. What does that mean, in his season? Well, you know, it's like everything else. And a lot of people, I think, become confused about all this stuff, about thinking, you know, uh, you know, there's a sect of the church that believes that once you're saved, you can't sin anymore, and which is not right. <laughs> Paul said, I sin daily, and believe you me, you, you want to repent daily. For the known sins and the unknown sins is what we teach, okay, that you've committed against God's holy word. But you see... It's in his season. It's in his season. Uh, it's like a tree planted by the rivers of water. A tree planted by the rivers of water will will grow as its roots grow. Okay, will you know lengthen down and and eventually uh, suck up that water that's uh, uh, next to that river that it's it's sitting by, and in time. And I think I think that's one of the again, we're we're an impa- impatient uh, people. We want everything to happen right now. We don't want to we don't want to have to wait. And uh, there's a lot of people have been very very discouraged. Some have fallen away from the things of God because things just didn't happen in their timetable. Well, uh, you just can't uh, you just can't uh, choose the timetable. All right. Fourth verse says, The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. Why not? Because they're going straight to hell. Nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. So there'll be no there'll be no sinners stand in the congregation of the righteous on that day. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Well, I'm telling you what, that's uh, big time stuff, isn't it? I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't, of course, why should people be concerned about a hereafter, life after death? Why should, why should they be concerned about it? I mean, they're living here and now, they've got the problems and this, that, and everything else. But, you know, folks, there is a living God. And, uh, you know, my grandfather, when I was about, oh, I don't know, 18 years old, I heard him uh, talking to a, to a man uh, right outside the door of his business. And they were talking about the Lord. My grandfather was a devout Christian, and 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 my the fellow that was standing there uh, said to my grandfather, "Well, he said, you know, I don't believe in any of that stuff." He said, "I know you go to church on Wednesdays and twice on Sundays." And he said, "You know, that's fine for you, but he said I just don't believe there's really a God." My grandfather looked at him, and the wisdom that was in him was, oh my, so great. And he looked at that man and he said, called him a name, and he said, you know, he said, that's quite a statement, but he said, what if you're wrong? And that guy looked at him and you could see, I could see, even this young lad, I could see the, 
the look on his face. He said, what if you're wrong? What if there really is? What if this is really the truth? And the guy, you could tell, he hadn't, he hadn't considered that part. My grandfather said, well, he said, let's put it this way. In your case, now he said, I do know, do believe that there is a heaven. I do believe to get there you have to receive uh, Jesus Christ as your Lord. And so, uh, and, and he went on to say this. He said, you know, there's one thing about all this. He said, let's just say you're right and I'm wrong, okay? He said, through becoming a Christian, I'm a better person. I'm better as a father, as a, as a husband, as, as uh, you know, in the community, uh, and the things that I do. He said, I'm a better person for all this. And he said, that's, you know, he said, that, that's, that's good for the people that, are, that I'm around. And the fellow stood there for a while. He said, well, you know, he said, you, 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 you may be right. He's never thought of it like that. Well, what if it really is? He said, yeah, he said, really. See, he said, I, haven't lo- I would not have lost anything because I would have become a better person. Well, eventually, uh, that, that man got saved. And I've always thought, yeah, what if? You know, what, 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 what the people that believe they call themselves atheists, I believe that there is no God. You just live and you die. I wonder if anybody's ever said, but what if what I believe is the truth? Wow. That's quite a statement, isn't it? Now, I want to I, I read some things here in uh, Psalms 91, which is we call, the, the churches call, I don't know how long, but the great protection song, Okay. But let me say this. This is a promise to those who have separated themselves. Separated themselves from the world. So you've got to separate yourself from your friends that are out in this world. You've got to separate yourself as we're moving where we're moving to. You've got to separate yourself away from the churches and the synagogues that you have attended or may be attending today. Now listen, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, if you dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High, uh, you're walking in holiness, okay? That, that, that's exactly what it is. I, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God and him will I trust. Surely he should deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence. And yes, he does do that. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shall thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror of the night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day. No fear. Nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness. All the plagues, those kind of things. Nor for the destruction that wasted at noonday. At noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy hand, but it, shall not come nigh thee. Only with thy eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is thy refuge, even the most high, thy habitation, completely sold out to him. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Do you understand how important, this is all important, but right there, there's not, no evil is going to befall you if you do what? If, in fact, you, you you abide under the wings, of the shadow of the wings of the Almighty God, okay? If, if in fact, you do that, 
But again, to do that, you can't, you know, well, I've got you ransom. Well, I'm a Christian. Well, big deal. Okay? That's going to get you to heaven. There's no doubt about it. What are you going to do by the, you know, by the fact of before you go, go to heaven and you're living on this earth? Well, that's what all this was about by God. He gave this to us so we could understand. Yes, there's going to be great plagues that's going to come to this earth. Uh, yes, uh, there's evil. Everywhere you turn, there's evil. For he shall give his angels charge over thee, keep thee, and all thy ways. And you need to circle or underline in all thy ways. His, who's he going to give charge of it? It's his angels. You know, for you people that have never been taught about angels, it probably would be behoove you to, to get a hold of, I bless God, and study uh, the, uh, the things that I do about angels. Those angels are there for you. They're there. They're there at your command. All right? Again, you're going to clean your life up, uh, at least somewhat, before God's going to let you uh, participate into that. But they're there. So they want, you know, so keep, thee, keep thee in all thy ways. Wow. See, what a promise. And you know, I said before when I was traveling North America, um, you know, I, whatever it was, four or five years, I, I said then, I said, you know, well, how come this isn't working? I didn't know anybody other than me and Donna. I didn't know, I didn't know anybody that, that walked there. Or bless God that, 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 that he was, he kept us in all, all of our ways. He kept us. He says, they shall bear thee up. Uh, in their hands, lest thou dice thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the otter. So the young lion and the dragon shall not trample under feet. Thou shalt trample under feet, because he has set his love upon me. Therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. Wouldn't you love to be in that position, to be able to call upon the Lord and him answer you? Yeah, I know. That's something that's far from the church. Well, they call upon him, call upon him all the time. But does he answer them? Not very often. I, I will be with him in trouble. Uh, he says, I, I, I will deliver him and honor him. So in your time of trouble, God's going to be with you. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Well, hallelujah. You're talking about you talking about some big time stuff. That 91st Psalm is it, isn't it? You know, I, I said as I traveled North America, I said, you know, we're told that the 91st Psalm is ours. The strange thing about it, that's 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 part of the law. That was talking about the law, and uh, we're told we don't keep any law. But I I kind of like the way the church came out of that. It it, it really sounded like it would sell. But saying, well, you know, now that you're now that you are a Christian, hopefully filled with the Holy Ghost, but never mind, a Christian, you don't, you know, now we don't keep the law, but everything in the law and all the promises of the law are now ours. Now, folks, that that that's, that'd be stretching the point quite a ways to be able to say that, but they did, and still are today. So in other words, we don't have to keep the law. We just have all the blessings of the law. But it's like I said, okay, okay, let's assume, let's assume the church is right. Show me all those blessings. Show me what the, the, everything in the book of 
that we read here in Psalms 91 is working in your life. Well, you can't do that, and I know that. I know that. I know that. You know, I I said uh, all the time I traveled, there'd be times I would just scream, bring me somebody, anybody, that truly could work the works of God. Truly could work the works. And I don't mean every once in a while. My Lord and my God, we had so many things, uh, healings and deliverances took place in that room. Uh, uh, this past weekend, it, it would take an, it would take an hour to let people stood up and and testify as to what God had done for them. That's the way God moves. Let's go to Second Corinthians six fourteen. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now we're going to have to identify unbelievers. Well, unbelievers are those people that do not believe in in uh, Yeshua as being the Son of God. There's no doubt about that. Now, let's take it a step further. What about people that don't believe all the truth? Are they unbelievers? Yep. Are you trying to tell me, Prophet, that, that people that, that that don't believe that they're to keep God's holy covenant plus the testimony of Yeshua are unbelievers? I sure am. Because if they were believers, they would believe. Think about that for a while, okay? For what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness? None. And what communion hath light with darkness? None. And what concord hath Christ with Baal? Well, what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? None. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them, will walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be you separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Well, again, I think uh, I think you have to identify what is clean and what's unclean. Okay, and and that all depends on how much knowledge you have of, of God's word. But I'm here to tell you that this whole thing is either clean or it's unclean. You can't you know you can't uh, juggle the thing around. You gotta you gotta understand that it's either holy and pure or it's unclean. So if in fact where you're attending church doesn't believe in keeping the covenant plus the testimony of Yeshua, the Holy Son of God, then are they unclean? Yeah. Are they, would you be unequally yoked if you were around them? Absolutely, because they don't believe the truth. If you believe what I'm teaching to be the truth, now if you don't, then that's a, obviously then that's another, uh, that's a, that, that's another situation. The 18th verse went on saying, I will be a father unto you and you shall be my sons and daughters, said the Almighty. He's going to be a father unto those again do what? They separate themselves. You have to live a separated life, okay? Uh, you have to. Paul's cry uh, 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 for the separation from unbelievers, uh, you're to come out from anything that's contrary to the perfect will of God. And that's, that's how simple it is. Let me, let, me, let me just say that again. You are to come out from anything that is contrary to the perfect will of God for your life, okay? Now, people say, well, okay, 
this this sect of Christianity, I believe, is the perfect will. Well, that's fine for them, but if you if you believe that there's more, you are to come out of that. You're to separate yourself from that. Well, I realize that there's a lot of people that there's a lot of people that go to to what I call a social church, okay, and they want to go to a nice big beautiful church and and just so they can socialize and. Uh, well, that's all going to catch up with them one of these days, like a like a Scott or freight train running over them. But uh, that's what you know. That's their choices. Everybody, everybody's got, everybody can make, and everybody has to make their own their own choices. Let's go to Hebrew five, Hebrews. I'm sorry, five, eleven. Of whom we say many things to say, to say, to whom we have many things to say. Sorry, and hard to utter, seeing ye are dull of hearing. See, people that bless God that don't, even, don't understand, they're dull of hearing. Now, whether it's from salvation itself or it's on into such as what we're doing today, they're, they're dull of hearing. For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not a strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Well, we got far too many babes out here that think they're all growing up. I was astonished traveling North America as to how many babes that I was around. How many babes? People, you know, people thinking that bless God, they, you know, they had this all put together and they didn't have it all put together even though they thought they were. And uh, my goodness gracious, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you what, kind of scary in itself when you stop and think about it. It really is. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Everyone, that, 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 he, the word of, is milk, those that are drinking of the milk, that's milk's given to babies, right? is unskillful in the word of righteousness. Unskillful is unskillful. You need to underline that. Unskillful in the word of righteousness. But strong meat belongs to them that are a full age. Now, does that mean uh, ask two years on this earth? No, no. Ask to growing up in the word. Even those who are reason, of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. All part of the, all part of the walk all part of the time. Now, you have to realize that what God desires of you and I is that we can become mature through his word. And if we can do that, then we can be of use to him. If we can't do that, we're just going to be another mouth out there running it off, running itself off, trying to persuade people as to what we believe, and that's all there is to it. And that 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 gets sad. Like I said, I can't I can't imagine why people. <laughs> of course, being a prophet, I just can't imagine why people just won't sit down, and shut up, and learn, and and go back and check out what they thought was the truth to the fact that, uh oh, whoops, I I don't think that I don't think that'll stand. But you know, again. Uh, those things that you've learned in the past, hard to give up. Why? Faith comes by hearing, 
And the more you've heard it, the more you've had faith in it. And now listen, it uh, it takes time. I I realize that. You know, we we get people, we give people time, and then the time comes when I'm ministering, and God says, "Drop the hammer." When He says, "Drop the hammer," He just means to bless God. I had to tell people this this quarterly. Some of them that was there had been there quite some time, and they're still going to churches, still going to synagogues. And I had just, as I say, drop the hammer. God said, that's it. Tell them to come out of those whores or bless God, um, you know, stay there and, and, and I'll come back here. And I realized people, they oh, that, 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 that's hard. That's, that's real hard. Let me tell you something. It's, it, you know, it's the willing and obedient that's going to eat the good of the land. And, and you're going to have to learn to be willing and obedient here before we get over there. If you can't do it here, guess what? You're not going to be able to do it there, and I know that. And if you think about it for a little while, I think you would too. Hebrews 6.1, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms and laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permits. You know, if you can imagine, when he's saying leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go into perfection. Not laying again. In other words, we are to go on. Now, these churches uh, that keep teaching the same doctrine over and over, that, that's what that's what he's talking about, the writer of Hebrews, which I've always figured to be Paul, but it's controversial, I realize. But, but anyway, that's what the writer is saying here. You got to leave those. You know, if you're still in the doctrine of baptisms, and they are, the uh, laying on of hands. Well, they, if they're not, they should be. The resurrection, dead, and the eternal judgment. Well, again, we don't move forward. But, but as I've said, the church can't move forward without, bless uh, God, having revelation knowledge, which comes with the prophets from the throne room of God, and and that's exactly what is going on. Uh, the, the, these works become religious works, all right, uh, and and they do become that. I mean, come on, how? how and and it doesn't, you know, uh, hurt to go back and cover some of these points from time again. But if you never take the take your congregation or that congregation beyond these things, that's what he was talking about. He said, let's 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 leave those those principles of those doctrines and let's go into perfection. Let's go into maturity. Let's let's grow these people up. Boy, can you imagine? Yeah, well, I can. It goes on and it goes on and it goes on and it goes on. And uh, people have so many ideas of what's right, what's wrong, what's everything in between that. And uh, it gets ridiculous sometimes, brothers and sisters. Now let's go to Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not, not of works, least any man should boast. So it's a gift from God. It is a gift from God. By faith, mm-hmm, through grace, you're, you're, you're saved. Well, you know, sometimes when we get all involved, and we do get involved, bless God, we should get involved. You know, a lot of people just go to a church they get up, especially the bigger churches, and they get up, they go home, they come back, they go home, they come back, they go home. 
And if there was a test given, you know, when you went to school as a kid, the only the only way for the teacher to find out if you knew your multiplication tables was to do what? To give you a test and many other things. But the thing of it is we have no testing. We have no testing in our churches. We don't know whether they know or they don't know. We, we don't know. That's the reason we keep uh, uh, going at you uh, all the time with these many subjects in which I have received revelation always about so that you too can understand. Faith comes by hearing, and we want you to hear and to hear and to hear until you have faith in what you have heard. And that'll work. That, that, that's, not, uh, that's not something that's contrary to, to, uh, to anything. But uh, it happens. Let's go to Romans 10, the first verse. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel as that they might be saved. Well, that's great. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. So you can do that. And obviously, obviously that's exactly what Paul was saying here. For Christ is, is the end of the law of righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh of this wise, say not in thy heart who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down above, from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach, that if not, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And see, that's how simple that is. It's not got anything to do with the works. It's not got anything to do with the law. All right? For with the heart man believeth in the righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made in salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Now, that, that's, that, you know, that's quite a statement that's being made there in Romans. And what Paul again was trying to get, to get people to understand, this, this salvation is for everybody. For everybody. As we said over and over again, the, the church sadly misunderstood the Apostle Paul, what his commission was from God, and uh, missed the mark, to say the least. But uh, it's not too late. It's not too late for them, all right? Now, I, I think, too, that it's, it's so important to understand that, number one, without being separated, without being separated from these things of doctrine, from these things of the world, you can, you can have a relationship with God, but you'll never have fellowship with him. So you can have a relationship without fellowship. You may be united to him in Calvary, but separated to him in sin. Oh, yeah, yeah. The contrary, again, to what a lot of people, what a lot of people want to think about all this. You know, this whole thing that, well, I'm saved, and now, you know, well, I don't know. 
I don't know how. Well, I, I'm going to tell you this. That, that's, a, that, that's a fine piece of doctrine, but it's not the truth. Okay? Uh, You've got to understand. Isaiah 59.1 says, Behold, the Lord, Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you between, between, uh, separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Wow. Now, I, I want to go back through that because this is really important for you to grab onto. It's the fact that your iniquity, your sin is what separates you uh, with, with, with this God of ours. It's your sin. See, and I pound on sin all the time. And, uh, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear you. It's, it's an impossibility, brothers and sisters, to be in sin and think God's doing anything through you or in you. It just isn't going to happen, all right? It just isn't going to happen. So there again, you, you have to decide whether you want a relationship or fellowship, okay? Without separation, you, you can have influence without power, okay, without separation. Move, you can have movement. Without achievement, you, you may try but not uh, try but not trust, serve but not succeed, war but not win. Without without separation, those things will happen. Without separation unto God from sin, your whole Christian life is going to be a great big mess all the time. And that's that's what's that's what's sad, and it is sad. I I don't know. Uh, you know, watching through the years and, and seeing how this thing comes down through the years has been sad that people, you know, wrong teaching, wrong wrong learning, wrong believing. It's no good. The abundant life is made possible by, by the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and our Savior, Yeshua, and made a reality by being separated unto him. And that's what, it's, that's what it is. John 15.1 says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husband. Every branch of me that beareth not fruit is taken away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it. Ouch. You should say ouch there. That purging sometimes pretty tough, isn't it? But it may bring forth more fruit. Now, ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. How are you clean? Only through the word. Okay? Only through the word are you clean. So it's a word. Now, we talked about this here not uh, long ago, these verses, but it's so meaningful as God opens up the, up the, up the uh, uh, scriptures to us. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. Well, you know, again... 
you 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 got to understand something. If you're not going to that word abide, as I talked for years and years and years, probably forty years, simply means I remain attached to. That seventh verse: If you remain attached to me, and my words remain attached in you, okay. If then you're going to ask. But you see, it has to remain attached. So much of what you hear, you're not a doer of that word. You're just a hearer. In other words, it just kind of goes in one side and back out, you know, back out, back out the other. Now, in Second Thessalonians two ten, it says, "And with all uh, deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved." And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie. Boy, th- th- this is dangerous stuff here, folks. You know, again. Uh, the only way people have to base truth on is what they've been taught. And if they've been taught, if it's been wrong, then they're not going to see it. But listen to what this is saying. He says, for this cause God shall send them strong illusion that they should believe that lie. And they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Pretty strong stuff, isn't it? You better believe the strong stuff. Philippians 3, 7. But what things were gained to me, those I count a loss for Christ, yea, doubtless. And I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them, but none, that I may win Christ. In other words, you're going to give everything up. And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God the faith. In other words, again, he's talking about salvation. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death, that by any means I might attain the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained, neither were already perfect, but I will follow after that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended, of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching for those things which are before. I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And you know what? That's what we're all supposed to be doing. We all have to press, press. It's not just going to come. Brothers and sisters, this thing's not going to just come because you show up. Or you raise your hand and volunteer. You've got to press in. You've got to press in. Second Timothy three five says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such uh, turn away. Do you know how much of the church you'd have to get away from if you complied to Second Timothy three five that I've just read? They have a form of godliness, but they're denying the power. Well, if they don't know there's power, how are they not just like that? It's there. It's there. But they had to do what? They had to make a decision like you and I have had to make decisions. They made some bad decisions. Matthew twenty-five thirty-one. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all his holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divides the sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. Then shall the king say unto them, on his right hand, come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. For I was hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. 
I was a stranger. You took me in. Naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous uh, answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hunger and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? When saw we uh, thee sick or in prison and came to him? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done unto the one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done unto me. Now, you know, there, there's also something that that can't be taught. It's a hard thing. And uh, it's so needful to understand. As you do unto the least of these, you've done unto him. Then shall he say, the 41st verse, also unto them on the left hand, depart from me. Depart from, uh, depart from me, ye cursed, to everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungered, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you took me not in, naked, and you clothed me not, sick and in prison, and you visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when shall saw we be a hunger and a thirst or stranger, naked and sick and in prison, and did not minister unto thee? And he answered and said, And verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you did not, did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. And these things shall go away into everlasting punishment. But righteous, but the righteous unto life eternal. So, folks, can you get grab onto this thing? You could be a Christian, and well, I know, I know, this turns everybody's card upside down. But you could be a Christian and end up going to hell. This one saved ever, always saved a bunch of pooey dooey. It's just not the truth. Read, read the scripture. These people were communicating with the Lord. You don't think they weren't? Yes, they were. They were, they, you know, they were, they were involved with the things of the kingdom. But he said, if you don't, he said, that's it. In other words, that's all she wrote. Now, Revelation eighteen four, and I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. So, see, if you're partakers of the sins, whether whether saved, un, you know, unsaved, fill the Holy Ghost, not fill the Holy Ghost, in a church that's not preaching and teaching the truth, evidently you're going to receive plagues because that's what the Scriptures say. Well, I'm going to tell you something, folks. There's, there's no easy way. There's no easy way out in this thing. There just isn't. You might as well understand that you're either, you know, you're either going to be a doer uh, of God's Word or you're going to end up in a heap of trouble. And that's all there is to it. I, you know, through all these years of ministry, I've seen a lot of people come, seen a lot of people go. But you know the thing that we all have in, cover, in, in common? We all have free choice. And, we ha- and those choices we make is going to definitely mold who we are in Christ. It's definitely going to mold whether we're going to get to heaven or we're going to burn hell. But again... The church doesn't see that. Separate yourself. Separate yourselves. You know, I, I, I well, you know, I hang around all these old friends of mine uh, that don't believe, and, and uh, I'm trying to get them saved. Well, I'm going to tell you one thing. You've got to separate yourself. It's one thing to go to them and say, you know what? 
This is what I believe. I was once lost, but now I'm found. And and I'm going to go through, go on this thing, and we're not going to be friends anymore because I have to get away from you or I will fall back into the same Mari mud that I came out of. And you will. I can't tell you how many times, people. I tried myself when I first got saved to get some friends saved. They laughed and mocked me, okay? And, and, and you know what? I had to separate myself. Some of you listening today have got people you need to separate yourselves from because if you don't, they're going to drag you down. If you don't, you're going to be in the same, you're going to be in the same mess that, uh, that Bus Scott, that they're in, and you don't want that to happen. What, what is that called? It's called a backslidden, um, place of, you know, that you, and what's sad, people don't know that they, they backslide. And I think that's about as sad as, as sad can get, but it happens, okay? But you know one thing, God loves you. But see, that's the reason God gives us his truth through his holy scriptures, so that we, so that we can understand. Like I said, both of those groups were, were blessed God, uh, children of God. One group, uh, you know, uh, had given to those who were hungry, thirsty, and all the rest. The other group hadn't given. And he said to that other group, but if you've done unto them, you did it. And then to the group that didn't do anything, he said, because you didn't, you're going to burn hell. And of course, I paraphrase that, but that's, that's exactly what he was saying. Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois, Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. So, again, you can also get more. All the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com, and we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, all things are possible.